the last project that I did, it wasn't a massive home. It was like a medium-sized home. It was a locks-on project. Uh, the whole project value, basically my time doing the design, the panel build, the testing, the programming, and all the hardware in the panel and light fitting switches, etc. That was like 50K. And if I remember correctly, I think like the hardware was about 30K. So 20K was basically what I took for my time and profit. Not bad at all. <laughs> Not very good. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty good. Obviously, you've got to take some time to get to a point where you can get that in consistently. Like you've got to sell, you've got to market, you've got to brand yourself. Like you cannot expect people to just give you work. Welcome to the Sparky Life Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Lamella, and here I share skilled trades conversations with those I've met along the way. Originally, when I started The Sparky Life, I wanted to share the unseen heroes, the trade tales that many people aren't even privy to. And I wanted to create a safe space for women in the skilled trades. I also wanted to debunk some myths regarding the skilled trades and open people's eyes to all of the opportunities the skilled trades has to offer. Personally, my whole life changed when I started a career in the skilled trades, and I learned it's not just a career path. It holds life lessons and keys to success. But now Sparky Life has evolved. Much like a construction site, you never know what you're going to get with a Sparky Life episode. But somehow, in the end, it all comes together, building a better understanding of the skilled trades opportunities. Join me and the Sparky Life guests every Thursday, where we are here to help you create the sparks in your life. Today's episode will help secure your career path, ensure you will always have a job, as we learned with COVID, what could happen when your job is not considered to be essential. I told a close family member of mine recently that I want to share with others to help them navigate a successful career path. First, passion comes from doing and mastering a craft or skill. A lot of us, including myself, confuse passion for seeing a role model in a career and then thinking, wow, I want to look like them. I want to do what they're doing. I am passionate about the career as a singer, as a lawyer, as a doctor, without ever working a day in the field before. <laughs> this is a mistake. Number two, don't listen to career advice from others. Now, isn't this ironic as I am giving career advice? What I mean to say is you need to look at the facts about careers and not opinions. People's perspectives are based on their experiences. And with all good intentions, what made my father, my uncle, my aunt successful in their careers when they were my age might no longer be valid today. It's important to investigate what careers now, in this moment, are growing, what careers are on the cutting edge, 
this is where you want to investigate career paths you think you'd be interested in. This is why today I want to share with you, along with an expert in his field, the opportunities in building automation. The building automation market size is estimated at USD 201.08 billion in 2024 and growing at a 10.55% projection. This is a revolutionary career path. A building automation technician requires no college degree. And in the United States, beginning positions start at 63000 to 77000 a year, with the potential in five years to see a six-figure salary. Our guest today on The Sparky Life, Chris Gayette, is a building automation guru. Originally, he started off his career as an apprentice engineer. And it took him over 12 years before he finally got the opportunity to work in automation industry. And this was due to him following a traditional path, which involved university. He has discovered after working across the three main industries for building automation, which are smart home automation, building management systems, and industry controls. Chris wants to help others by saving them the most valuable thing on this earth, time, and help fast track people interested in the building automation career path. Today, sit down with the master himself, Chris Gayette. Hi, Chris. (laughs) How are you? I'm all right, thanks. What about yourself? Very good. Thrilled to have you on the show, so... Super excited. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. That means a lot. Chris, I'm a big fan of yours, if you haven't caught on. Very sweet of you. Love what you're doing with building automation. It's where I started my career. And I don't believe that enough people know about it. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted you on Sparky Life. Because this career path, this opportunity is just incredible. There is so much you can do with this, so many places to go, and no one knows it exists. Not to mention, we're just getting more and more. It's happening more and more. It's just elevating more and more. This isn't going anywhere. If anything, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I would like you to talk all about what the hell is building automation to begin with (laughs) and how you can get involved in this type of career. Yeah, I agree with exactly what you're saying. It's it's such a booming industry that so few people, well, I think more people obviously getting to know about it now with like the hype around smart homes and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's, there's a, it's a booming industry, loads of opportunity and yeah, a big shortage of decent engineers. I hear it every place I go, every place I've worked, there's not enough engineers. And Interesting. I was speaking to a guy on Instagram the other day, and he said that he heard somewhere the average age for a BMS engineer, so a building management system engineer, or I think in the States where you are, it's more BAS, so building automation system. Yeah, the average age of of engineers in this space is like late 50s. Again, it's just showing there's so much opportunity for new people to come in. The demand is growing. And it's why wouldn't you? It's such a brilliant industry that it's not just building automation it obviously covers the commercial side 
every commercial building needs building management, whether that's managing like the HVAC, so heating, ventilation, air conditioning. That's typically what you'll have. But then there's security, access, lighting, blinds, like it just stacks and stacks and stacks. So you've got that on the commercial side. And then you've obviously got the, the smart home or home automation side as well. It's quite important to distinguish between the smart home, sort of buzzword smart home, which has become a big thing in the last sort of five years, and home automation. There's definitely a difference there, which I think people need to know. So home automation is much more in line with like the building management side of things, like we talk about in the, in the commercial space. Smart home, I would class, and this is only my opinion, so you, you know people might disagree with me, but like the smart home stuff, I would say is more like the internet of things, like your consumer products, your ring doorbell, your hive thermostat, your Philips Hue, you know they're kind of off the shelf, one-off solutions. And I yes, I know they have like ecosystems that you can bring in together, and you you can make them communicate between themselves, but. They're consumer-grade stuff that go out of date quite quickly, and they're not complete holistic solutions. So I think that's important. Also, another sort of nuance in the home automation smart home side is you've got the, the BMS side, again, similar to what we talked about, and you've got the AV side as well. So I think traditionally, Certainly in the States and the UK, it's been more like when you talk about smart home and home automation, it's more people think of like AV, audio visual. Yes. Having speakers in multiple rooms, that kind of thing. Maybe like an intercom system. And then you maybe tag some like CCTV into that. So that's another thing that's important to sort of distinguish. You've got like the AV side. And then you've, again, you've got the, the BMS side, which is maybe more around the heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Sorry, I've gone off on one, Leah. <laughs> bring, bring me back to your original question. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. I find it all extremely fascinating. I started off my career as an apprentice uh, electrician, and that's how I was exposed to building automation. And I absolutely fell in love with building automation. Now. I don't think people really realize what we're giving to the community with building automation. Can you talk about the benefit of it? What are, what are we really doing there? Yeah. So I think, so just, can you just hold that question and come back to it? Because I'll, I'll lose that because there's a point kind of feeds into that, that I missed, which I wanted to mention. And that is the skill set of electrical controls, right? So this skill set, electrical controls, which really... It doesn't really underpin the AV part of home automation or smart home that we talk about. But electrical controls, that core skill set, it underpins the commercial side, the building management, the building automation, and, and also home automation when you're using controllers like PLCs that systems like locks on use, KNX use, things that use PLCs. But also, you've got the industrial sector, which is, and I know it's kind of moving away from, from building automation, but it's just such an important skill set to have, I think, and gives you so much opportunity and flexibility across all these amazing control and automation industries, whether it's commercial, whether it's home, whether it's industrial. 
yeah, I just think that as a skill set for anyone to build up who's looking to get into the industry is such a valuable skill set to have because you can use it anywhere. And I've done that. I've, I, I started in home automation. I then went into industrial and now I'm sort of focusing more in BMS or, or building automation systems. So yeah, sorry, just had to get that one in there because that, I think that's just so important. Absolutely. So regarding building automation, what makes it such a benefit to our society? Why is this valuable? What does building automation do for us as a civilization or community? This is what I think is going to create a lot of opportunity for people, save a lot of people and businesses money. Is the fact that obviously the big energy crisis and, and costs of energy going up, certainly more recently, if you're heating, specifically heating, ventilation, air conditioning, all things that use a lot of power is, is intelligently managed based on demand, based on how you use that building. I mean, it goes into the industrial sector as well. So rather than using three-phase direct online starter motors, using things like variable frequency drives that you can modulate the speed to what's needed in terms of the demand, like you can just save businesses so much money. If you just reduce like a business's energy consumption by, let's just say, 5%, you know, and, and they got, I don't know, just like a hundred thousand pounds of of energy every year. You know, you're saving businesses a lot of money, and I think it's a much easier sell as well if you can demonstrate you can save a business money by reducing their carbon footprint and energy bill. Then it's it's almost a no brainer, isn't it, for a for a business? And that's another thing, like net zero, carbon carbon neutral, bringing renewables into it as well. So that's another dynamic. So I think that's that's one part of it is the the money that you're going to save people. But that's the biggest one for me because I think that's that's the key thing to approach businesses with. I think with the the home the smart home market it's a little bit trickier certainly like around the mid-tier stuff like higher end and luxury it's almost a necessity because like if you've got a massive building great example that I always use whether it's a big domestic residential property or a commercial building, when the last person leaves the, the the office or something in the evening or you're leaving the house to go out, you can just do like a triple tap on a switch and that switches all the lights off, switches all the audio off, stops any like extended heating schedules, it arms a burger alarm. So it's just so convenient and easy, certainly with bigger properties. Slightly harder sell, I suppose, if if it's like a medium-sized property. But still, it's, I mean, I live with it and I couldn't not live with it now. You know, we just like things that are, that are easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think the efficiency and like you said, energy saving, we have a responsibility to do things in a way where we're not just bulldozing through all of our energy supply on this earth. So you're you're stepping into that world, right, of responsibility and efficiency. Governments are incentivizing this. Yes. For schools, for example, in the UK. Yes, here too. Again, when governments are incentivizing things, that's like me as a business, if I know that, I'm going to go and target schools because I know that they're going to be more willing or they're encouraged to spend money. They got given money to spend on these exact things, these solutions that we provide, you know? 
Yes. I like to think of building automation as the human body, right? So your building is like a human body and all these little devices are speaking to one another and that's how the building best functions. So when you're in this industry, there's different facets of it too. I know with your background, you're incredible. You're the guru of building automation, okay? And not only are you the guru, you have something that others don't. It's the courses that you teach, the information you give. You know, not every one of us can be a teacher or educator. It takes certain qualities. It takes certain abilities. And you're just very good at breaking things down in a way that makes it comprehensible, that makes it easy to apply when you're coming from a place of maybe beginner. You're not as, you know, like what you said, PLC. Someone might not have a clue what PLC is, okay? So, you know, program logic computer. That being said, you have to be able to bring this down to a level that somebody who's walking in who's interested can obtain because it can be overwhelming. I mean, we know the language, the lingo, but many who first start don't. And not only that, you're marrying electronics, mechanical, electrical. There's, there's so many different aspects. The programming, it's incredible. It's incredible. You're never going to get bored. There's always something to learn. That's it. I'll get bored really, really easy. <laughs> and this industry does not bore me. And because I'm engineering, there's so many, well, you, like you've just mentioned, there's mechanical, electronics, electrical, there's like heating, there's lighting, there's networking, there's the industrial sector, the commercial sector, the home, like it's, you, and you can't learn all of it. You can't be an expert in all of these areas. So if you enjoy learning and you get bored quickly, oh, this is the industry for you. Yes, definitely. What's available to people who are like, I really want to do this because th this is the other thing. If you want to go to school for building automation, personally, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Why? Because a lot of universities and schoolings, at least in the US here, don't have the curriculum and experience that you're really going to get when you're immersed in the field. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting or finalizing everything like with these courses. So they're not all live yet, but uh, perhaps by the time this, this airs that they will. So I've, I've literally just been uh, scripting some videos to sort of talk about, you know, the different courses that are available. I think what you said about university and like, and the fact that it's not real world stuff, it's all very well going to university and getting a university degree and say a bachelor's in electrical engineering. Great, fair play. That's a tough thing to do. I couldn't do that. That's not, it's not for me. But I think you've got to think about whether it's actually going to help you get a position or whether investing, say, four years of your life, 40K in tuition fees for just something on a, on a piece of paper, is that worth the investment? And is that worth more than just trying to get some sort of core knowledge, understanding and skills, and then just getting into the industry as quickly as you can? And if that means starting on a low trainee's wage, just so you can get that hands-on experience, you've got to weigh that up, basically. And all the people that I know Actually, I wouldn't say all of them, but let's say nine out of 10 people that I know in the industry uh, and people running successful businesses, to be fair, most of them are all um, ex-electricians. 
Yes. None of them are university yes. degree qualified. It, I just, so anyway, I just think that's, don't feel like you need to have that to, to do well in this industry. That's the first thing. In terms of like the, the path that I recommend people take, and this is kind of what the, the, the courses that I'm just finishing off do is, it's pretty simple, really. Firstly, schematic. All of this is built on understanding electrical controls, like that as a core skill set, because that's going to give you the most opportunity in all of these industries, in the commercial sector, industrial, and home. So that's the skill set that you want, electrical controls. And that will enable you to even go and be an electrical controls engineer if you want to be you know, a full-time employee. For example, when I was an electrical controls engineer, I was actually quite fortunate. It was a small, very small business. I was able to do everything within the project. So basically from taking a spec or even partly creating a spec, designing a system, documenting the system, building a system and control panel, testing it, programming it, and then going on site and commissioning it and, and handing it over. So this is kind of like the, the skill set that an electrical controls engineer can have. They can basically manage, deliver the whole project. So as a business owner as well, especially if you're a solo one-man band, this is a skill set that's going to enable you to deliver full-on automation projects, doesn't matter what size it is, on your own. Obviously, you might have people contracted in. You know, If you've got loads of panels to build or you've got big installs, you'll obviously contract people in. You don't have to worry about not knowing any piece of the puzzle. That skill set will give it to you. And it's not uh, overnight. No, nothing is. Of course, it takes some time and you've got to dedicate yourself to it. But yeah, basically the step-by-step -step path that I recommend people take, and this is just through my own experience, learning the hard way, if you don't necessarily have hand, the hands-on opportunity to, to work on systems sort of day in, day out. But what I recommend is first build a solid foundation, and that's in electrical schematics. That's the first thing how I recommend people do that, and this is what I did, is get schematics of systems. So that's the first thing. Hopefully you can get your hands on some, some schematics of the system and then get some photographs of the control panel. And this is what I did when I was learning. So what I do is if I was on site, I like doing a breakdown for something else, like we were doing a lot of industrial ventilation. If there was a BMS panel on site, as long as I could get into it without switching it off, which I, I learned a little uh, sneaky method to, <laughs> to, to bypass the, uh, the switch to get into it. If I could get into it, I'd then, whether you should do this or not, I don't know. But, you know, when you want to learn, you just, you, you do what you need to do. Right. So I just flip through all the drawings, take photos with my smartphone of all the drawings, all the pages on the drawings, take as many photos of the panel, and then I'd work through the drawings get to a component on the drawing and it will be labeled reference that label to the photo you've got of the panel and just over time i was just able to build up a picture in my head of basically how how that control system is put together that's the first thing solid foundation in electrical schematics second thing go through the build process of of a control system of a control panel so because like when you get on site and you open up a panel and you're like that looks complicated. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and especially, I'm sure you've seen some of them, right? Some of the states you see some panels where they're just like, it's a rat's nest. 
you just want to shut the door and run away. Yes, absolutely. It's it's horrible, and like half the time they don't have any documentation or drawings either. No, no. <laughs> and like if you're if you're sent to site expected to fix that as well, that's I've been there as well, and this was before I understood control systems, and it's just it's horrible, just very stressful, huge amounts of anxiety. Yes. So I think it's it's removing that that illusion. Don't get me wrong. When it's a rat's nest and it's all cables are popping out all over the place, yeah, that's pretty bad. But most of the time, you're not. If you're around panels that haven't been butchered over like space for like ten years or so, they're not normally that bad. But really, the next stage is like going through the process and seeing that what they like from like a blank canvas, and then just the step by step by step by step approach of how they're built. And I think that removes a lot of that anxiety to actually, actually, it's not that complicated. It's just lots of components. And then, you know, how are those components wired together and how do they relate to each other and interact and the relationship between this component and this component. So that's sort of the next bit, understanding how to build the system. Following that, now we've built the system and whenever you build a control system, there's always going to be issues with it. Like, if you're building a panel over the space of two weeks, you just can't help but get distracted, especially when you're doing some tasks over and over again, like cutting cables to the right length, like you drift and like you might wire it into the wrong point of the panel. So inevitably, you're going to have issues when you finish it and you come to test it. So going through the right testing procedure in the right order and then actually testing the functionality and like almost mimicking the systems that you'd have out in the field, like say you've got pumps or valves or gas detection systems, you want to kind of mimic those out in the field and then just making sure that the panel or system is reacting as it should do when it's out in the field. So you've got to work through all of that. So that's the next thing, testing, fault finding, pre-commissioning. So at this point, you've got good understanding of schematics, like a holistic bird's eye understanding the system. You've actually been through building the system. You know how to test the system and how a system should behave and how to fault find it if it doesn't. And then I think then it makes sense to come back around to the design because you've got that yes. whole understanding then. And then it just makes the putting the designing from scratch all the way through to the end You've got that visual understanding, that hands-on understanding. It just makes that design process and documentation far easier to comprehend. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree with you as I started my building automation career with ladder diagrams, building panels from the ground up. So I agree with you. I really think that is the right path for the highest success rate to really know, really know what you're doing how things connect, how they talk to one another. I love your YouTubes. I love your community. I strongly, strongly recommend that if you're interested in building automation as a career path to definitely hop on, I will have all of your links in the show notes. Now, let's talk about money. A good subject. Uh, what kind of what kind of financials can you expect with this career? Yeah, so um, we start as a like an employee right 30k a year 32k and then that was i was working for locks on uk at the time so i was around that sort of figure and then i managed to convince a small industrial controls company 
to take me on kind of as a, a trainee and like as, as a, a fully qualified electrical controls engineer, you're looking at like 45K, 50K in the UK, you know, pounds. Yes. Which I think is a pretty uh, good salary, to be fair. So yeah, that's I didn't go straight to that wage. I had to kind of prove myself and I had to get some qualifications that I sort of talked about and negotiated with the, the business owner. But ultimately over, I think I was there about a year and a half. So yeah, I think I started on 35 with them as a trainee. And then by the time I left, I was on 45. That's pretty typical for an employee, like 45, 50. As a senior electrical controls engineer, you might get up to like 55, 60 maybe. And obviously it depends on the size of the company. Right. But then as a business owner, it's like what you put in, you get out, you know. So just example, like the last project that I did, it wasn't a massive home. It was like a medium-sized home. It was a locks-on project. Uh, The whole project value, basically my time doing the design, the panel build, the testing, the programming, and all the hardware in the panel and like like light fitting switches, etc. That was like 50K. And if I remember correctly, I think like the hardware was about 30K. So 20K was basically what I took from that for my for my time and profit. Not bad at all. <laughs> Not very good. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty good. Obviously, you've got to, like, you've got to take some time to get to a point where you can get that in consistently certainly in the smart home market like you've got to sell you've got a market you've got to brand yourself like you cannot expect people to just give you work and i think that's the problem with a lot of electricians that i've seen is they think like an electrician you're you're more of a a word right like as an electrician it's a necessity the electricians are needed every day right smart homes aren't so you really need to go out and market and sell yourself to be successful i think in the smart home space but if you're smart, you want to get in with the right people. And the right people are people like specifiers. So architects, developers, M&E designers, main contractors, interior designers, lighting designers, all of these people that can basically get you in with their client. And then if you do a good job for them, do good work, you're reliable and all of that, then that's they're the people that will give you repeat business. So Rather than focus on building a relationship just like with a one-off end client building a smart home, I'll be focusing on building a relationship with one of those specifiers so they're going to give you repeat work. That's how the successful people do it in the industry. Very excellent advice. Very clever. Very clever. I wouldn't not initially think of that. Definitely, as an electrician, your instinct is, oh, they need me because who doesn't need electrical? So that is a great way to look at it to help people assess how to move forward in the industry. In the U.S., our starting point for building automation, this is why I'm I'm pushing this as a career path so strongly for those that are interested. Your starting salary is 25 an hour. They're so desperate for people in this industry. You really have a leg up. I would go as far to say That if someone were to learn, they could easily step into a job just by understanding the schematics, just by that, because they're so desperate for people to know what the hell they're doing. And then easily, as you master your craft, you could move into six figures. And then, like you said, on your own business, this guy's living with that. It just depends on how you organize it. 
Yeah, I just think electricians are the best people as well to take this new trade emerging industry. Like Sparks have got a great understanding already and it's just a matter of building a little bit more on top of that. They're the obvious choice to to grow this industry. I agree with you. And I, I push it because things are changing electrically. And so you need to be privy of those changes that are approaching. Now, I'm running out of time because I'm having too much fun. <laughs> but Chris, what is the number one advice you would give to somebody? I mean, you you gave the path, you gave the plan, you helped them understand, you know, even the sales aspect, how to grow to that point in the the mindset that you need to take on regarding this career. What's a tool that you think that they need to carry with them throughout this career path that's really going to get them to success? If you had to, you know, kind of narrow it down to the best of your ability. Mindset for sure is just know that it's, it's not a get rich quick thing. And there is a lot to learn. And you are going to have to learn to sell yourself, sell the product, sell the service. But I just, I truly believe this in my bones. If you genuinely want to make this a success and you're willing to put in the work, there's no reason whatsoever why you wouldn't make it. So just keep learning and be patient. I think that's a, that's a key thing. It's just be patient. Just a little bit of knowledge, learning something new every day, even if it's just a little thing. And then, you know, in, in a year, two years time, you will be somewhere. I love it. Thank you for joining us. If you felt a spark in today's episode, I invite you to write a review. I'd love to hear what lit you up. Take what resonates with you. And if you'd like to hear more of The Sparky Life, please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Until next time, create the sparks in your life.